All right. Good morning to Dr. Del Rio, our coronavirus expert, Emory University. Thanks again for joining us this morning. Delighted to be with you. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got a bunch of calls coming in, starting with Albert. Good morning, yes. Albert. You have a question for Dr. Del Rio. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Basically, uh, as far as uh, the temperature, does this thing last more in, in colder weather or warmer weather? Like what's, you know, um, chances of it lasting longer with which type of weather? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of the coronaviruses uh, don't do well in cold weather. They don't thrive as well in cold weather. I mean, in warm weather. So we are, many of us are expecting that hopefully with warmer weather, uh, we'll see less of a disease. But I would say, I would, I would temper that by saying that uh, Australia right now is having a significant outbreak and they have a pretty warm weather. And Miami, I don't know what the temperature is today in Miami, but Miami is already in their, you know, in, it has warm, warm weather right now. Miami today, well, it was 66, and it's going to be in the 80s, and it's going to be almost in the 90s by Thursday. And they're still having an epidemic. So I'm not sure warm weather is going to make it much of a difference, to tell you the truth. Dr. Del Rio, is there any kind of fear that this thing may come back once we start experiencing colder temperatures in Atlanta? Well, you know, I mean, we're all concerned that it's going to come back, but... First of all, let's let's get over this outbreak before we talk about a comeback. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk. I almost feel like, you know, we need to get to over this one. It's almost like it's like a war. Let's get over this battle first and then, then think about the next battle. Right. Absolutely. We got to win. We got to win this one first. But if it comes back in the fall, I think we'll be in a different position. Right. We will have much more testing. We will have medications. We may even have a vaccine. So I think a comeback will not be the same thing that we're experiencing right now. Right now we're experiencing a, a unique situation with a virus that we didn't know to which we don't, don't have immunity. So, so what you're seeing right now is the worst it could possibly be. I would hope that this is not going to be the case if there's comeback. Talking to Dr. Del Rio and your questions at 404-741-0985. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning. What did you want to ask the doctor? wondering if he has any thoughts on why as a nation as hospital systems why we were so poorly prepared for this given the fact that we knew it was coming well you know i think i think preparedness is something that that obviously it's always very hard and and i think everybody if we everybody has made a mistake with this virus is what we call underestimation everybody said oh you know we got this but we didn't realize how how rapidly it will get us. And the reality is, you know, if you look, Tammy, even as you know, as if I was looking at the month of March, month of March, you know, in early March, we only had the first day of March. We only had 30 reported cases. So, you know, it didn't look like horrible, right? By the end of March, we had over 200,000 cases. So it comes to you so quickly that even if you think you're prepared, you're not going to be prepared. And I think that becomes that becomes a realization that that we all have have had. It's almost like I think about it like a like a like a hurricane, like a tsunami. It, it really runs you over so quickly. You think it's going to be a Category One storm, and it hits you like a Category Four, and it totally wipes you out. So the um, the lack of preparedness, I don't think is necessary. Uh, you know, I, I think we can play. You know. You know, Monday night quarterback and say, oh, you know, we should have done this. We should have done that. But the reality is, is, uh, yes, we could have been better prepared. But at this point in time, 
it's time to think how how we how do we get over what we are right now. We should have had tests, yes. We should have had everything much more ready than we have it, quite frankly. Thank you for the call, Tammy. You're welcome. All right, have a good day. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. You had a question for Dr. Del Rio? I do. Good morning. Um, so my question is, if you were, say, infected with a virus, and maybe you knew it, maybe you didn't know it, but you had gotten better and acquired immunity, if you were then tested for the coronavirus, would it show positive? Well, it depends what test you're talking about, right? The tests that are more commonly used nowadays is what we call the molecular test. And molecular mm -hmm. tests test for the presence of the virus. So if you've recovered, you're not going to detect that. We are soon to start using also what we call serological tests, which is a little bit like the HIV test. That doesn't mm -hmm. detect the virus, but detects the presence of antibodies to the virus. And yes, okay. if you've recovered, you may still be test positive for antibodies to the virus, but that doesn't mean okay. you have the infection. Now, Rebecca, that's a good question because I asked the Dr. Del Rio on Tuesday, you know, my mom was real sick in February and she'd went on a cruise and I asked the mm -hmm. doctor, is there a chance that she ha had this thing in February? And, and Dr. Del Rio, you said it's quite possible, right? It's quite possible. And once we have serological testing, she may want to be tested because when we have serological testing, she may find out that that's indeed what she had. Thank huh. you for the call, Rebecca. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, one question about the testing uh, that you're talking about. I know that the testing that they were doing originally, the president got this test, was like a, basically a giant Q-tip that you would cram up your nose to the fact that it would hit the back of your head. Brain. Um, Pretty they much, wanted, yeah, they, right. they wanted stem cells. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is the new testing going to be a lot easier, and is that available right now? It's not available yet, but I think a lot of people are looking for ways to have testing that is better that is more available, that it's easier to implement. So, yes, eventually, I think, you know, some of us, I have a friend who's looking at, at testing using spit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so once we have, uh, once we can do spit testing, maybe it's going to be a lot easier. But at this point in time, we're still stuck with, uh, with the, the testing that you're talking about. And the problem with the testing you're talking about is that it's, uh, it's inconvenient, right? It's, it's not easy to do. It's inconvenient. And, uh, and you have to, uh, you know, you have to, uh, 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 you know, you have to stick that thing up your nose and it's hard. And one of the things, quite frankly, that we're running into right now is that we don't have enough of those uh, swabs to stick up, up people's nose. So, so when people say, oh, you know, why are we, why are we having a problem with, uh, with, uh, with one of, what, what are the issues we're having with testing? What, one of the problems we're having with scaling up testing is we don't have enough of those swabs. So looking for alternatives like spit or other things and blood is, is definitely things we have to do because we simply don't have enough of those slots right now. Show of hands, anybody um, curious enough what that feels like to actually want to go home and shove a Q-tip in their nose? <laughs> no. Just I, to satisfy that. Ted, I know we have to so, take so a break. I had, I, had, I had one of those done, not for coronavirus, but for influenza some years ago. And I tell you, you know, it went up there and it felt really, it was it felt really bad. And all of a sudden a tear came out of my eye. And the person doing it, which is a colleague of mine, Dr. Chalienda, and she looked at me and said, perfect. You know it's a good sample when you can get a tear oh, in somebody's geez, eye. Oh, man. Wow. Ted, I, I know and we I have said, to... Oh, okay. <laughs>
We are talking to Dr. Del Rio from Emory University. He's our coronavirus expert. And Drex, you had a question about Easter. Well, you know, there was an email that went out. And of course, it happened right before the uh, governor said we're shutting down the state and Fulton County said we're shutting down. Uh, there was an email going around the neighborhood saying, hey, we've got this giant field in the neighborhood. Could we seat people 10 feet uh, apart from each other and try and do an Easter service of some sort? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I mean, I would be very hesitant to have anything over over 10 people, quite frankly. And, you know, I think we need to think about, you know, maybe, uh, you know, virtual Easter services. Okay. I think we need to think about ways to, to not, I, I think at this point in time, having more than 10 people together, it, it's a recipe for disaster. And I would tell you that a lot of the biggest outbreaks we've seen, not only in this country, but throughout the world, think about Korea. It all started with church and religious kind of events. Okay. So I, I am, I think that that it's a it's a recipe for disaster to to do that. We got some rapid fire questions from our open mic, which anybody can leave a question anytime for Dr. Del Rio. And the next time we talk to him, we'll play it for him. Here's from Ann and Roswell. I've heard this whole time that I don't need to wear a mask unless I have coronavirus or I'm taking care of someone with it. But now the CDC is saying that we should cover our faces when we go out with a handkerchief or a scarf. What do I do? Do I need to be covering myself when I go out? You know, really good question. Uh, I think we are, again, in this disease, and this disease, what we knew yesterday is not what we what necessarily is good today. And I think that the answer to that is yes. I think today, you know, part of the reason why CDC did not make that recommendation initially is a shortage of, of, of masks. The concern was we needed medical masks in the hospital for the healthcare providers because those are the ones being exposed. And the concern was that the public was going to start buying masks and leave the hospitals without masks. But if we can have masks, uh, better masks, and now that we have people are sewing masks, I recommend you get one of the ones, not medical masks, one of the cloth masks that are being sold, sewn or sewn your own. And if you're going outside, yeah, put a mask. I think it's not a bad idea. I don't think we know how much it works. But look, a little is better than nothing. And I would emphasize that. Even if it stops you from touching your face. A lot of people are saying they yeah. wear one just to do that. We have another Correct. question here. But I, but I actually I actually see the opposite. Sometimes people, when they wear a mask, they tend to touch their faces more. Oh, oh interesting. Uh, this one's from Elizabeth in Alpharetta. I have a family member in the hospital with a non-virus-related issue. I'm wondering what they do to protect those patients from getting it while they're in the hospital. So a lot of hospitals, including hospitals that I know here in Georgia and Atlanta uh, especially, are making uh, COVID-specific areas in the hospital. So we have the patients the patients under investigation and the COVID-positive patients in a specific area so they don't mix, mix with the other patients because there is a risk of what we call nosocomial transmission. In other words, that somebody with COVID can give, can give, can transmit COVID in the hospital to another patient because we see that happening to healthcare workers. So a lot of precautions are being taken, including, for example, masking the COVID patients when they go from one place to another. Let's say they're moving to go to radiology or something like that. But one. a lot of precautions are taken, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be 100% uh, safe at some point in time. Especially if we start seeing more and more patients and you cannot isolate the patients in the hospital because you have too many to do that. That may be an issue. And that's something that, for example, in New York has been a major concern. Dr. Del Rio, thank you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Delighted to be with you. Have a good day. Uh, you were able to hear some people asking questions using that open mic on the B98.5 app. That's a really good tool. If you are ever like having a question about this, 
Just uh, open that B98.5 app. There's a little microphone down at the bottom. You can record your question, whether it's for Dr. Del Rio. Maybe you want to make a statement about something Drex said, for example. Huh. And you don't want to like have a discussion with them. You just want to make your statement. Sure. That would be a great, nice, passive-aggressive way and to I'll be able to delete do that. that. <laughs> he says he'll delete that, but I have the controls over here, so we'll be fine and we'll... <laughs> We'll just hate on Drex constantly. Perfect. 